Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. This is the show that pits facts against fortune tellers. On today's show, we're looking up at the stars. What's your sign? I'm a cancer crab. I'm very moody, um, very hard exterior like a crab. And then once you get to know me, I'm like really gushy and mushy inside. (laughs) (laughs) Gushy is the word of the season. And I am very gushy, so there you go. This is Natalie Norman. She's a comedian and she's been into astrology for a very long time. My earliest memory is being on a uh, dial-up computer and having a, honestly having a crush on someone I went to like, you know, elementary school with. And for some odd reason, I knew their birthday. <laughs> so I Googled it. What did it say about you and your crush? Okay, so he was a Scorpio and so a very good match. Very good sexual connection. How old were you? (laughs) Probably like 11. (laughs) They madly fell in love and got married. No, no, it didn't work out. But Natalie is still using astrology to help her find her perfect match. At this point in my life, I won't date certain signs. Yeah, I'm done with Capricorns. (laughs) Um, So I happen to be a Capricorn. As a, as a general rule, what is it like to date a Capricorn, asking for a friend? I find that um, Capricorns have a hard time opening up emotionally. I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> and Natalie is not alone in all this. Tons of people take their astrological sign very seriously. A recent Pew survey found that nearly a third of Americans surveyed believe in astrology. And lots of people think there is science behind it. In fact, many Science Versus listeners, you have been asking us to do a show on astrology for years. And for a while, we were like, no, could there really be any science here? But when we started looking into it, we came across all sorts of curious stuff. From the mysterious disappearance of a man with a snake to a strange experiment involving a French serial killer. So strap in for a trip to the stars, because when it comes to astrology, there's a lot of... I'm done with Capricorns. (laughs) But then there's science. Science versus astrology is coming up just after the break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some... The gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hey, y'all. Marce Martin here with a little Tampax story. One time I went on vacation in the Bahamas with some friends, and of course I got my period. I didn't want anything to stop me from living my best life on my trip, so I was like, why not be brave and try Tampax? Before that, I really just thought tampons were for adults, and I definitely thought they'd be uncomfortable. Guess what, y'all? They really aren't. It might take a few tries, but once it's in right, you shouldn't feel it, which is great. For a better way to period, just add Tampax. 
there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about astrology. And even if you're not a big believer in it, you probably know your zodiac sign. So what on earth does it mean? And could there be something to this? As a professor of astronomy, do you ever get mistaken for a professor of astrology? Oh, yes, that does happen. Uh, even, Even students in my classes, sometimes we use the wrong word. And I think it's because that word astrology is so much more familiar. This is Professor Katie Pilichowski. She's a Leo, and she's also an astronomer at Indiana University, Bloomington. Katie studies the stars and how what they're made of changes over time. So she spends a lot of time thinking about the stars. And so the idea that what's happening up in the sky could affect our personality, it's cropped up in different cultures over time. But the zodiac system that uses Capricorn and Aries and Scorpio, it was born more than 2,000 years ago in Babylonia, a part of what's now Iraq. And they were using the stars very practically to note changes in the seasons. The stars were so important in the lives of ancient peoples in Babylonia and everywhere else. The stars controlled how we, how we lived, when we plant our crops, when we could harvest the fruit off the trees or our meat animals if we were out hunting. And so it, in a way it was just like a skip hop and a jump from all these other things they were using the stars for to then our personality. I think it has to be, yes. And here's how the Babylonians decided who was a Capricorn or a Cancer or a Sagittarius. You see, it all starts with the fact that all the zodiac signs are actually constellations in the sky. One of my favourites is Sagittarius. It looks like a teapot in the sky. And I find that just so easy to recognize. You know, it's got a little spout, a little handle, and a little top. It's it's a perfect little teapot. (laughs) Now, there are lots of constellations in the sky. Yes, there's Sagittarius, but also the Big Dipper and Orion. And yet, only some of these constellations get to be zodiac signs. Why? Well, it's because to be a sign, a constellation has to sit in a particular bit of the sky. It's kind of this band in the middle. Yeah, it's pretty much the middle bit. The middle bit is where the sun is. Now, we've thought long and hard, and we think that this is the best way to describe how it all works. Imagine that the Earth is a giant eyeball, and it's staring up at the sun. Behind the sun is a backdrop of faraway constellations, the signs. Through the year, as the earthly eyeball moves relative to the sun, the eyeball stays focused, looking, gazing at the sun the whole time. And that means that the constellations behind it, Sagittarius with its little teapot, Capricorn, Cancer, they will change. So, according to the ancients, if you were born on August 8th, you're a Leo, because the constellation of Leo... It would be behind the sun. 
But if we could take the sun away all of a sudden, let the sky be dark, we would see Leo. Now, astrology lovers will tell you that there's way more to your chart than your basic zodiac sign. But that's what we're focusing on today. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Probably because I'm a Capricorn. So now that we're all on the same page and we know what the Babylonians were doing, now we're going to tell you how it's all messed up. Okay, so you know how there are 12 zodiac signs supposedly representing the 12 constellations that pass behind the sun through the year? Well, it turns out that the ancients totally left one of these constellations out. So if you were born in early to mid-December, floating behind the sun is a 13th constellation called... Ophiuchus. Ophiuchus? Ophiuchus. What does he look like? Well, Ophiuchus is the snake carrier, the serpent carrier. So he's kind of this guy with a snake wrapped around him. Kind of strange. Ophiuchus was a total badass. The Greeks said that he represented the god of healing because a snake taught him how to bring people back from the dead. And he is technically within that special band in the sky. But the reason that you don't have any friends who are Ophiuchus and you haven't gone on any bad dates with any Ophiuchuses is because someone piffed him out. They only needed one constellation for each month. So someone had to go. You can imagine maybe why he's left out. First of all, we only need 12. And secondly, nobody can spell Ophiuchus. He's hard to say. And he's hard to spot in the night sky. Bye-bye, poor old snake man. The ancients also played loosey-goosey with the way they divvied up the signs. So you probably know that each sign lasts for about a month. And this goes back to the Babylonians wanting a nice, even system. The problem is that reality isn't so tidy because the constellations... They're all different in size and they all take sort of a different amount of time to pass behind the sun. Yeah. So most of the signs don't last for exactly a month. Like Scorpio only sits behind the sun for about seven days, while Virgo's time, it should last for 45 days. And so the boundaries between the astrological signs and the boundaries between the constellations don't really agree. They don't line up at all. This seems a bit fudged, I've got to say. It is a bit fudged, right. Okay, so maybe the ancients fudged a little here, a little there. But here's one final thing that throws this whole astrological system out of whack. You see, the Earth wobbles a little as it spins. This is due to the gravitational pull of the sun and the moon, and it's called precession. And over the centuries, it changes the way that we see the stars in the sky. And this means that since the Babylonians devised the zodiac system thousands of years ago, where the constellations appear in the sky, it's all shifted. And because of that, a lot of our signs are off. So many Capricorns turn into Sagittarians and Libras turn into Virgos. Producer Rose Rimler took this to Natalie, a Cancer, who's so sure that she's a crab, hard on the outside and gushy on the inside. But if you factor in the wobble, she turns into a Gemini. You sent along your birthday and year. And so I I looked up um, 
where the sky so if you if i look up your birthday in 500 bc yeah um the you can see that the sun was actually in line with um cancer yeah but if i look up your birthday in 1986 um <laughs> on the day of your birth it was actually passing through gemini does that i mean it seems like that might might change the way i would feel about you know who i am i mean it technically should, but I think I've, I've rooted my person. Like I just feel like my personality is so rooted in cancer. Just doesn't seem like it could possibly be right. Well, it could be. I'm not saying it couldn't be. It's just like I, I'm denying it. I don't want it to be. It's no one wants to be a Gemini. <laughs> what? Why? Why is that? Oh, Gemini's are like uh, notoriously problematic. If you go on astrology like sites or like memes about astrology or jokes, you're like, ugh, Gemini the worst. For Natalie, she is just so sure that she's a cancer and that her personality aligns with it. And it doesn't matter if the stars don't. And the fact is that there are loads of people around the world, just like Natalie, that find that what they read in their charts, it really holds true. So that means to get to the bottom of this question of whether astrology works, we have to leave the stars and study people here on Earth. So what happens when you take thousands of people and test their personality against the signs? So it worked. It did. That's coming up just after the break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You have goals. Reach them fast with IU Online's accelerated degree programs. Our six and eight week courses are taught 100% online and can fit any schedule. Advance your career with a bachelor's in informatics. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. Earn an Indiana University degree that's valued around the world. Get started today at IU Online.
Welcome back. We've just talked about how the zodiac signs don't really match up with what's happening in the sky. And yet, people use astrology every day because they think there's something to it, that their sign can tell them something about their personality and their love lives. So could it be true? Well, it turns out that science has actually taken this seriously enough to test it. We found a whole bunch of studies here. And one of them is by Dave Henningsen, a professor at Northern Illinois University. I'm a Capricorn. <gasps> Twinsies. I'm a, I'm a goat all over the place because I'm a Capricorn and I'm also you're the goat if you do Chinese zodiac. So uh, I've, just got, uh, I've just got goat all over me. And so a few years ago, it behooved Dave to put astrology to the test. And he was like, okay, well, let's look at it. Let's use science and let's actually make predictions based on astrology. And then using those predictions, test them. So if you want to know if Natalie really shouldn't be dating Capricorns and if no one should be dating Geminis, all you need to do is grab a bunch of couples, find out their signs, and ask them, how's it going? And this is what David and a colleague did. They recruited 550 married people and got their birth dates so that they could figure out their zodiac signs. And then asked them to rate how much they agreed with statements like, My relationship makes me happy. My partner is very good to me. Uh, I'm enjoying my relationship. Dave then used these surveys to see, were the happiest couples the ones astrology predicted to be the best match? How about the miserable couples? Were they all Cancers and Capricorns? He talked to producer Meryl Horn about it. What did you find? If astrology.com said you had a more favorable relationship, you were likely to be more satisfied than if they said you had a less favorable relationship. So it worked. It did. There is at least some evidence from my study that it might be effective, that it might have some small effect. Yeah. Couples with compatible signs were a tiny bit more likely to be satisfied with their relationship. And we were quite surprised by this. But it was just one study, one Pisces of the puzzle. So we kept digging. And we found a pile of other studies saying, eh, not so fast. Now, most of the other work out there has looked at whether your sign can predict your personality rather than, say, compatibility. And David told us about one big study. It looked at people who had taken a personality test for a job application. A researcher then used this to see if their personality aligned with their sign. Which was interesting because it had a huge sample. It had 65,000 people. And they didn't find anything. Nothing. Tens of thousands of people and no Zodiac-related pattern. For example, Leos, supposedly social butterflies, were no more or less extroverted on average than Pisces who are supposedly shy. Several other papers have backed this up. And not only that, but studies find that even professional astrologers who use complicated charts more than just your zodiac sign, even they can't accurately predict what someone's sign is based on their personality. And going back to Dave's research on couples, he found this kind of thing too. Different astrological sources didn't even agree on which signs were compatible. And that really got his goat. So if I get on a scale three times, and the first time it says 100 pounds, and the second time it says 300 pounds, and the third time it says 208 pounds, I'd, I'd start to think I need a new scale. So that's, that kind of comes with astrology. If you're getting, you're getting the different prediction from all the different sources, 
you have to start saying to yourself, well, maybe I'm not really tapping, uh, tapping something that's really there. So at the end of the day, what does Dave think of all this? Well, astrology is not very scientific at all. <laughs> Which to scientists, and perhaps to you, isn't too surprising. Because it is hard to imagine how the stars, way, way out in space, could affect human behaviour. And scientists have actually looked into this for a celestial body that's much closer to us, the moon. It's more than 100 million times closer to us than the stars in the zodiac constellations. And we know that the moon affects physical things here on Earth, like the tide. But people claim it can affect other stuff in our lives too, like menstruation, accidents, or even mental illness. In fact, that's where the word lunacy comes from. Get it? Lunar sea. But when researchers have looked to see if the moon influences any of that stuff, they find no clear evidence here. So unless you're a sea creature trying to lay eggs at high tide, the moon probably isn't changing your behaviour. And if the moon's not changing your behaviour, we can't imagine how the stars that are so much further away would either. So if astrology is bunk, why can it feel so true? Well, one thing that comes up over and over again is that a lot of these predictions are kind of mealy-mouthed. They're not specific. Here's Dave again. You know, they don't say you're going to be hostile to uh, children under eight. Um, They say you're outgoing, or they say you're stubborn, or they say uh, you're a good friend. We're all those things, at least sometimes. Scientists have shown that when we read things like this, we focus on the stuff that rings true and forget the stuff that doesn't fit. And you might not need one more study to convince you about all of this, but we've kind of saved the best for last year. It was a study from France. A psychologist found a bunch of people who were interested in astrology, and he sent them this reading, saying, this star chart, it's specifically made for you. And then he asked them, does it match your personality? Almost everyone said yes. But here's the kicker. Everyone got the exact same reading. And it was of a serial killer. A French murderer who killed dozens of people and dissolved their bodies in lime. We ran all this astrology party pooping by Natalie. And she told us she gets it. Horoscopes are vague and you can read what you like into them. And she told our producer Rose that we're not the first people to tell her that astrology isn't scientific. And I was like, we don't care, okay? That's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like what you're saying is um, it's people kind of like screaming in your face, it's not science. And you're like, I never said it was. Exactly. That's the key. Like, I believe in science. Like, I'm not someone who's going to be like, oh, the earth is flat. You know what I mean? It's not like that. It is a fantasy that I've escaped to. And it's a fun place for me to be when I'm having a hard time. Natalie says that sometimes she'll be in a bad place and she kind of gets in her head about it. But sometimes she'll read her horoscope that'll say, you know what, it's going to get better soon. So you read that and you're like, okay, it's going to be a few hard days, but it's only a few days and I can make it past these next few days and then things will get better. And 
even though I say like, ugh, Capricorns, I don't date them. Like, it's not like I'm a, <laughs> I have a Capricorn friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, sure. Now you say it. <laughs> I, one of my best friends, he is a Capricorn, so. <laughs> That's Science Versus. If you want to hear more from Natalie, visit her Instagram at stalkingnatalie, where she posts videos about astrology. And while you're on Instagram, go and check out our account at science underscore VS. We post some fun stuff in there. Also, if you like the show and want to help us out, please follow us on Spotify. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show there. Thank you. Hello. Hey, Rose Rimler. Producer at Science Versus. Hi, Wendy Zuckerman. How many citations in this week's episode? This week, there are 89. 89. That's right. And if people want to go hunting for all these citations, where should they go? They can find all the citations in our transcript, and they can find the transcript by clicking on the link in our show notes. By the way, what sign are you? I'm a Libra, (laughs) but I'm sure you knew that. You could tell. It all makes sense now. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Rose. Thanks. Bye. Bye. This episode was produced by Meryl Horn and Rose Rimler with help from me, Wendy Zuckerman, Michelle Dang, Hannah Harris-Green and Nick Del Rose. We're edited by Blythe Terrell. Fact-checking by Diane Kelly. Mix and sound design by Peter Leonard. Music written by Peter Leonard, Marcus Bagala, Emma Munger and Bobby Lord. Thanks to everyone we got in touch with for this episode, including Professor Todd Tinsley, Dr. Peter Hartman, Dr. Katie Mack, Dr. Kathy Cooksey, Professor John McGrew, Professor Jim Carla, Dr. Alex Storrs, Julius Biarshad, Laura Gilmore, and others. A special thanks to Chris Souter, Max Gibson, the Zuckerman family, and Joseph Lavelle Wilson. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. I'll fact you next time. Listener.